Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast for Friday, the 13th, Spooktober. It doesn't get much spookier than a Friday the 13th in October, right? What if the only thing that could make it spookier would be if October or if Halloween was on Friday the 13th in in October, right? Now, that would defy the laws of the physics and Julian and Gregorian calendar and even the ones that the Mayans were using when they made that 2012 movie with John Cusack. Is that right? Is that John Cusack, 2012? That was one of those movies that got so much media hype. And then it was just so bad. John Cusack, Chiwetelo Ejiofor, Woody Harrelson, Amanda Peet, Danny Newton, Danny Glover. That's one of those films that, man, watched when I could get it at the uh, library right after it came out. Because I was really pumped. But, you know, you didn't see a lot of movies in theaters as a kid. You know, this 2012, I just had it up, came out in like, what, like 2008, probably something like that. So I was, you know, 13. And it was just one of those movies where I, even when you're that young and you're impressionable and maybe you're, you don't really have a very refined film buff kind of palette, you know, it's like, oh, this film kind of sucks. It's probably one of those things where, hey, if it came out today and I, uh, you know, researched it, saw the trailer and stuff. I could probably tell you before I saw it, like, oh, this is going to suck. But, uh, yeah, teenage teenage Quinn was awfully disappointed by the 2012 film. My name is Quinn David Furness, and this is my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast for, uh, of course, Friday the 13th. <clears throat> October, Year six of the Beantown Podcast, 2023. What's going on? How are you? I'll start with a public apology here on the Beantown Podcast, and then we'll get into our uh, topic. Let's start with trivia today. I think that'll be fun uh, since we t- typically end with it. And uh, then we'll get into today's topic, which is going to be all about sort of the marvels of mankind, not Captain America nor Thor nor... Captain America, where Natalie Portman is Captain America, but rather fruits and vegetables and things that we have in our day-to-day lives that, you know what, if you were hanging out with the Mayans back in the year, you know, whenever they projected that 2012 would be the last year, so probably like, I don't know, Mayans, what are you thinking, like 10, 1000 AD, something like that, um, they wouldn't have had these foods. Although a lot of a lot of my research on these uh, fruits and vegetables that, you know, are sort of uh, man-made or, or hybridized, uh, they tend to be born out of this uh, fertile crescent there in Mexico between the uh, the Occidental and the Orientals and the Oaxacas, I think the three O's, the big three, that's what they call them down in uh, Mexico. Uh, Oaxaca, O-A-X-A-C-A. Pretty badass word. Uh, before I say anything else, listener discretions advised when you're listening to the Beantown Podcast. Number one, we'll kid you some language. Number two, this podcast is objectively terrible. Hello to our friends over in Pakistan. Gosh, probably very close, right? You think Pakistan, Middle East, they're probably engulfed in this whole Hamas-Israel thing. Uh, so, God, boy, whether you're in Hyderabad, if you're a top you know, K2, wherever you're at, you know, probably 
some serious stuff going on over there. Uh, you know, despite, you know, rocket launches and just general suffering. Uh, I thank you for, for listening to this show. And thank you for making us uh, one of the 112th ranked, the 112th ranked, not one of, just the 112th ranked comedy podcast in the great nation of Pakistan. And for making us one of the top 500 ranked comedy podcasts in the city of Chicago. So quick public apology. Um, last week I was advertising that this would be episode 300. It's actually 299. Uh, I don't know where my numbers were coming from last week. If you couldn't tell, and it's been a couple of weeks here of, um, look, I'm not going to come out here and say duds. Okay. I still show up. I still put in the work even on, uh, two week, two weekends ago, I was sick and like down for the count, not feeling good at all. What? Not like, a Oh, I got some sniffles, like sore throat. It could, it could hurt to talk, but like I'm getting blasted and just, you know, if this were any other show, any other host would say guest host, you know, let's bring in, I don't know, Sean Hayes or a, a Meghan Markle or something, you know, to kind of cover for the week. But not, nope, 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 not me. And then last week was just, it was such a time crunch, you know, it was dry. I got back from, I was on the road all week, finally got back from uh, Eastern time zone. So jet lag, hello, at like, you know, 5 p.m. on Saturday, and then it wasn't, you know, you're not going to like sit around on a Saturday night by yourself and do a podcast when you come home to a beautiful lover, like fiance of the podcast, Rachel Ramos. And then Sunday was just like, I had packed Sunday with stuff to do because it was like my one-day weekend, basically. Um, and so you're, you're, you're doing marathon stuff, Oktoberfest, big Vikings game. Is Taylor Swift going to be there? You know, you got all that stuff going on. Uh, and so I had to kind of squeeze it in. We didn't even break out the Samson Q2U series for it. I am proud to announce that Samson is back in action for episode 299 here. All this is to say, last week we were hyping up that this weekend could be our big 300 celebration. You know, will Gerard Butler be there? Will um, literally anyone else that has to do with the number 300 in any capacity be there? Maybe a 300-game uh, winner in Major League Baseball. Greg Maddox, speaking of episode 299, which is what today is, uh, I once went to, uh, I was taken to, uh, thanks to father of the, the podcast, Steve, also home uh, owner of Home Pride Oregon, owner, operator, you know, line cook, all that good stuff for, for Home Pride Oregon, uh, 541-400-0316. Weird voice inflection there. Started to go up in the middle of the phone number. Um, he took my brothers and I to uh, Miller Park one time for a Cubs Brewers game, and we saw Greg Maddox win his uh, Maddox. You got to put the emphasis on the uh, right? M A D D U X. User research, user experience. Uh, Greg Maddox won his 299th game, which I believe. Let's see if we can get the research on here. It's always the toughest part about research on the Beantown podcast is that I'm using a handheld microphone. And that means you're always typing with one hand, which is not the worst thing in the world, but it's like I'm trying to keep a consistent flow, a narrative going here for the audience. Whilst, W-H-I-L-S-T, whilst also, um, you know, like, researching this this is a herald times remember the herald times that was a great boy what a what a world 
Herald Times article from July 28th, 2004, headline Maddox gets win number 299. Let's see. Um, he beat the Milwaukee Brewers 7-1 to Tuesday night, so presumably that would have been July 27th, 2004. Sounds pretty hot. Thankfully, Miller Park is covered. Let's see. I'm trying to see if they... Uh, if they mentioned who got the save, because that's really what I was looking for here. Let's go Cubs. We could look at the box score. That would be pretty cool, too. Cubs versus Brewers, July 27th, 2004. Let's check it out. Oh, here we go. I found the game. Okay, Cubs 7, Brewers 1, July 27th, 2004. Riveting stuff on this week's Beantown Podcast. Um, before we get into that box score, let's present today's palindrome of the day which is Redder, not Redditor, not Reddit, not uh, uh, Redder, I hardly know her, Redder, R-E-D-D-E-R, as in this strawberry has gotten redder since the last time I watered my crops, or this tomato is awfully redder. That, last, that second, second sentence didn't really work. But today we're going to be talking uh, briefly about fruits and vegetables. We're going to be going through some things that maybe didn't exist, you know, five years ago, 5,000 years ago, whatever it might be. So, um, and it's, we're going to try to keep it serious and educational. I'm not going to be like jumbo cinnamon, toast crunch, pop tart, toaster strudel, jumbo poppers, right? That Kellogg just put together in their lab last week. I don't think that that product line actually exists, but it's an idea for all the folks out there in Battle Creek that are listening. Don't ask me to repeat the name because I don't know really what I said. Something about jumbo poppers. I don't know. But uh, redder. Um, fruits and vegetables that are red. Cherries, tomatoes, strawberries, raspberries. Raspberries, I think, could really be two words to really put the emphasis on that P. No one really says the P when they say raspberry. It's always just like raspberry, right? I feel bad for that P. He's getting left out. Uh, this box score, okay, this, um, at the time, the Cubs were 54 and 46. 2004, I don't believe they did anything, right? 2003, they went to the NLCS, lost to the Marlins, uh, one of the most famous baseball series of all time. And then I don't think they were actually back in the playoffs again until 07, 08, which they lost. They got swept both years by the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks, who happened to face each other in this week's, or in this week's, well, kind of, uh, this year's NLDS. And the Diamondbacks swept the Dodgers. One of the greatest, like, where everyone knows it was, like, a, a big upset and stuff, but that's pretty shocking. Like, the Dodgers just cruised, like, total cruise control to the NL West title this year. They got Mookie Betts, they got Freddie Freeman, like, legit two out of the probably five best players in baseball. And they just, it's not even like, oh, you know, game five, like it was an epic, you know, Diamondbacks squeaked it out. Like they didn't win a game against what, like a 85 win Diamondbacks team or whatever it was who just barely nudged out the Cubs. So weird stuff. Uh, didn't watch any of those games because they all take place at like 2 a.m. Central time after I've gone to sleep. Okay, so winning pitcher, uh, Greg Maddox, losing pitcher, Brewers legend, Ben Sheets who managed to go seven innings, seven hits, four earned runs. Not a bad start by any means. Pretty just average. 
Cubs hitters leadoff Todd Walker. I have his jersey, number seven, Todd Walker. It was two for four with an RBI and a home run. I think, you know, it's interesting. I I recall, and I never made the connection, and it's not a 100% guarantee that this was this, but I recall going to a game one time with my brothers and my dad and having to go to the bathroom. And I don't think it was just me. I think, like, we all went to the bathroom. And I remember, like, hearing over the speakers, the radio or the TV or something that, like, Todd Walker had hit a home run, our second baseman. I don't, it's one of those like weird, just extremely insignificant memories in your mind where it's like, oh yeah, that happened. I recall that. And I never put two and two together. I mean, it's not like I went to a million baseball games as a kid, but, um, probably went to like, I don't know, seven or eight, something like that growing up major league games, uh, between Wrigley and and Miller park. And then I guess uh, the Metrodome one time, so. Todd Walker had the home run. He was pinch hit for or or just replaced on defense, looks like, later in the game. Great name. Hard to fit onto the back of a jersey. Mark Grudzielonic. And if there was ever a better time, or let's just say this, there has never been a better time for the Beantown Podcast to focus on spelling. This can be our first trivia question of the week. Um, It's not our official one. And it's actually, like, it's not one of those, like, trick names where there's, like, a Q and a J thrown in somewhere. It's just Mark Grudzielonic. So here's how you actually spell Mark Grudzielonic. It's actually, like, exactly what it uh, sounds like. Mark, M-A-R-K, Grudzielonic, G-R-U-D-Z-I-E-L-A-N-E-K, which is, gosh, don't have my glasses, and this font is extremely small on my laptop here. G-R-U-D-Z-I-E-L-A-N-E-K. 12 letters. Definitely not the longest last name in MLB history, but it's up there. All right, batting second, we had World or uh, NLCS hero. And by hero, I mean whatever the opposite of a hero is. Alex S. Gonzalez, 0 for 3 with two strikeouts at tracks. Batting third, Sammy Sosa, 2 for 4 with a homer. Batting cleanup, Moises Alou, one for three with a run scored. Fifth, Derek Lee. Uh, so he Derek Lee played for the Marlins in 2003 when they won the World Series, and then he uh, signed with the Cubs after that and became one of our greatest players of all time. Batting sixth, a guy who I think got traded to the Cubs in the 2003 season from Pittsburgh, uh, Aramis Ramirez. Seventh, a classic example of a Cubs player that just like got all the hype and just never put it all together, Corey Patterson. Number eighth, and catching Paul Bacco. Uh, Paul Bacco. Uh, later was pinch hit for by Michael Barrett, who ended up being a great offensive catcher for the Cubs and is uh, remembered now in history for his fight uh, with Alex, sorry, uh, AJ Pierzynski. And then Greg Maddox, back in the good old days when pitchers used to hit, Greg Maddox batting ninth. Did Yes, Greg Maddox with a hit, one for two, so suck on that. Cubs relief pitchers, guys, I don't know. Uh, two of them, first uh, Jay Leister and then K uh, Merker. And then the whole reason I looked this up, yes, Kyle Farnsworth with the save, one inning pitched, one strikeout, three up, three down. What a night. If you're curious over on the uh, Brewers' side, White Sox fans will recall their leadoff hitter, Scott Putsednik. Uh, any baseball fan now will know their second guy because he's their manager, Craig Council. 
Three, Geoff Jenkins, G-E-O-F-F. Four, uh, must be Russell Branion. I don't remember much about that guy other than his name. Fifth, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm impressing myself here because they just give you the first, uh, first letter of their first name and then their full last name. So I'm getting all these first names right. Uh, fifth, Lyle Overbay. And now 6B Clark and then 7B Hall. I don't know who those were. Their catcher was C Mahler. Was that like a Chad or something like that? They also had, a, what was his name? Damian Miller, who then played for the Cubs for a hot second, I think. Chad Mahler. Is that what I said? I'd be very proud of myself if that's what I said. Uh, so there you go. There was the box score. This is the 299th Bean Tom Podcast episode. That was the 299th Greg Maddox win. Uh, today's Bean Town Podcast trivia question of the week. If you think you got a good guess, you can always email us, beantownpodcast at yahoo.com. Again, that's beantown, B-E-A-N-T-U-N-N podcast at yahoo.com. You can also go to beantownpodcast.com to see all of our latest blog posts, cuts by Q page. Uh, if you were trying to get in on that class action lawsuit, you can go there, send in some um you know, financial info, FERPA stuff, uh, you know, socials, uh, routing numbers, that sort of thing, and get in on the action before it's too late. And uh, right to the show, go to the contact us tab. We get, you know, it's tough on this show. You know, we get thousands and thousands and thousands of, of messages. Uh, everyone kind of wants a piece of the Bean Town podcast. So, you know, trying to trying to wade through that stuff is 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 difficult. But I do it for the Beanheads. Hashtag friends of the podcast. If anyone out there is still using X, you can use hashtag friends of the podcast, and I will definitely see it because obviously I will see all of those. There is a Beantown podcast Twitter page. It's not one of those things that's like completely left to the dustbin of history. It's posted. I have posted from it this year. Um, certainly not for about two months at least, if not more than that. So it's not, it's not terrible yet. Right. But, uh, with, with Twitter going the way it's going, AKA X. And, um, I guess now that I think about it, there is a Beantown podcast Facebook page as well. But this whole idea of just like having a separate dedicated social, uh, accounts, plural, or just account in general for like your side project has always been I I guess when I made my stuff it was partially to like try to have dedicated socials but also partially without like doing anything about this to like make fun or, or point fun at other shows where it's like their host has like a million followers not that I do obviously but uh, but then they have like their side show and it's like no one actually wants to listen to your podcast and there's like 200 followers i think that's kind of what i was getting at when i created those just on facebook and twitter but then you kind of commit yourself and it's like well then i should actually like post stuff from there and it's just an extra chore i don't even advertise being on podcasts on my socials hardly ever like once a month maybe and it's been a while even then so uh yeah it's just i don't know social media is in a strange place right now I think that it's more like me and where I'm at in my life than just like the general public. But I mean, Facebook, this is not new anyone, obviously, but like Facebook pretty much just, just like not completely dead. It's useful for certain things, but outside of those certain things, not useful at all. Um, Twitter slash X don't even need to get into that conversation. Like 
completely being just driven to the ground. No more, you know, disinformation stuff, misinformation stuff, just a, a crapshoot. Um, and then, well, you have things like Instagram and Snapchat, which are very popular, but they serve very different purposes, right, than, than a Facebook or an X or a Twitter. And they always have. They weren't meant to be competitors to that. I mean, they competed against certain aspects. I mean, Facebook photos used to be the place to be. But um, there's other aspects that it's just like there doesn't seem to be a good alternative now. Reddit is fine, but Reddit is all about like anonymity, right? So deep rabbit hole here that I'm going to walk myself back out of. But uh, today's uh, Bean Town Podcast trivia question is, of course, brought to you by our friends at Home Pride Oregon, which we already mentioned. When you need your home inspected in Central Oregon, go with the expert, someone who's safe, certified, doubly insured, someone that you can trust. That's Steve at 541-410-0316. Heating, cooling, plumbing, and much, much, much more. Do not buy a house in the Central Oregon area without first consulting an expert. Go to homeprideoregon.com for i let's just go out on a limb i don't know if this is true but probably like a free phone call consultation try to keep it to like 30 seconds okay but you know he's not going to bill you also our good friends at uh the samson q2u series got a well-deserved week off last week for no reason in particular other than just pure laziness and sometimes you just need those days right it's a very it's not like uh, it's not pouring here in Chicago. It's just kind of been drizzling a little bit uh, off and on, and uh, just completely gray, overcast skies. No, no semblance, S E M B L A N C E of sun whatsoever. I think. What do you think? Semblance of sun, S O one that S O N that could be like a great, you know, worship band in the vein of Chris Tomlin. Or Hillsong United, which I thought was a major league soccer team up until a couple years ago. Uh, semblance of Sun. You know, they could their their ethos, every good Christian band needs a good ethos. E T H O S could be like, there's so much bad in the world, right? There's so much darkness. But everywhere I look I see a semblance of sun. And then they sing you know, some killer song with chords one, four, and five, and maybe a minor two, if you're feeling edgy, based off of Second Corinthians 3.17. Who wants to take a guess at what Second Corinthians 3.17 says? And could we make a kick-ass Christian song about it? Here we go. Second Corinthians 3.17. Oh, this is... Okay, let's get the NIV, the NIV going, the new international version. Yeah, this is gonna this is getting this is giving me a lot to work with here. Second Corinthians three seventeen. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Okay, so I was making fun of it before I actually read it, just based off of the length. That's like every vanilla ass gospel, Christian not gospel, Christian worship song there is, right? Especially if you want to throw in the whole like MAGA. Republican, if you're on, you know, the right side, you're on God's side, or whatever the opposite. Uh, that if you're on uh, God's side, you're on the right side. Here it is again. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, dude. Break free from the chains, 
you know, the libtards, the people who want to, you know, give your tax money to, you know, homeless and, and immigrants and migrants and blacks and Jews and stuff like, dude, no, be free. I want to uh, take this opportunity here. So we really went out on a limb there to say the Beantown podcast does not endorse uh, that perspective or those views at all. And this is meant to be a, uh, let's make fun of, um, far right wing, uh, uh, evangelical Christian worship songs in their lyrics. Okay. Do not splice that audio and, uh, send it to my employer, please. Okay. I need health insurance. Also a paycheck. Um, and then finally our good friends at cuts by Q. When you need a fresh juice something snappy or new call the experts at cuts by Q. I did a little back trim. I did a little neck beard stuff. Brought down the beard a little bit, and I used some of my nice um, beard, what would we call it? Sort of like a marmalade of sorts, M-A-R-M-A-L-A-D-E. Excuse me, it kind of comes in a little like can of sardines. It's from somewhere in Oregon. I don't know. I got it from uh, my mom. So thanks, excuse me, thanks for sending that over. I don't uh, get to it too much, but it's nice after a little shave. If you're curious what we're drinking here, this is Rogue Dead Guy Ipa <clears throat> IPA. Dead Guy IPA weaves citra and mosaic hops into a subtle malt body to create a bold, complex IPA worthy of the dead. I feel like uh, that scene in Return of the King where they go find all those dead guys. I picked up, this, is, uh, this could be dangerous, but I picked up a 12-pack of Surly's Before I Die uh, which the mission of that is, you know, Vikings got to win one Super Bowl before we all collectively die. And then also, uh, not Rogue, uh, uh, Fulton, Fulton Brewing, Imperial IPA, also up there in the North Loop, Minneapolis. So I got those two 12-packs sitting in the kitchen unopened. I brought them back from uh, Minnesota. And that's dangerous. I mean, the before I die is like 4.5%, like session beer. You know, you can pound some of those while you're watching the Vikings get embarrassed by the Bears on Sunday. But those Imperial IPAs, I think, are like 7% or something. you got to be careful with those. I don't think I've ever... Oh, that's not true. I was going to say I don't think I've ever had one. But um, it did go up to Fulton once two years ago. No, it was just last year, I guess. And I'm sure I had the Imperial IPA. Uh, we've teased it long enough. I said we were going to start with this. That's the biggest lie ever told. Um, this week's Beantown Podcast trivia question of the week. Here it is. Email us, beantownpodcast at yahoo.com if you think you know the answer. This vegetable deemed to be the oldest vegetable in the world. So I'm looking for a type of vegetable, not like who has the squash that's the oldest squash in the world. Like, no. Like, what type of vegetable is the oldest vegetable we know? So, again, this vegetable deemed the oldest vegetable in the world per WTFFunFacts.com. So you know it's legit. Also appears in the title of a tale by Hans Christian Andersen. So there you go. I'm not just asking you to take a wild guess as to like what the oldest vegetable in the world is that we know, but I give you a clue if uh, any of you are caught up in your, your Danish stories. So one more time, this vegetable deemed to be the oldest vegetable in the world. They found it in the Middle East in like 7,000 BC or something. It was probably Sumerian. It's a good biblical term to use. Uh, it was deemed the oldest vegetable in the world per WTFFunFacts.com. Not just WTF facts, but fun facts. So it's good for kids. 
also appears in the title of a tale by Hans Christian Andersen. If you need more time, go ahead and pause because uh, we've already we've gone half an hour into this program without actually talking about today's topic, which is just uh, very much like me. Uh, 299 episodes in, nothing else has changed, or nothing has changed. If you want to know uh, more about this, you can go to WTF Fun... F- oh, it's Fun Fact, singular, not facts, plural. I don't want you to get it thrown off. It could be a whole different site, and you know it could be you know bad, maybe porno stuff. I don't want to direct you there. Uh, WTFFunFact.com slash WTF-Fun dash, or uh, hyphen fun hyphen fact hyphen 12816 hyphen peas hyphen r hyphen the hyphen oldest hyphen cultivated hyphen vegetable forward slash. So the answer is peas. No matter how you feel about peas on your plate, it's hard to deny that they're one of the most important vegetables in mankind's history. If we want to make the case that civilization starts when humans settle down to become farmers rather than hunter-gatherers, then peas are a major part of that story. Peas are the oldest vegetables, or one of the oldest. Well, oh, I didn't read this. What is WTF Fun Fact saying? Peas are the oldest vegetable, or one of the oldest. Okay, which is it? You got to, bro, if you're going to make an article on... This is what I learned from writing on beantownpodcast.com. If you're going to make a blog post about this stuff, you got to stick to your guns. Don't tell me, oh, they might be one of the oldest. Tell me they are the oldest. Or if they're not the oldest, then go find the oldest. Genetic analysis indicates that kale, cabbage, broccoli, cauliflower, and Brussels sprouts were all cultivated from the same plant between 8,000 and 10,000 years ago. How could they do Brussels sprouts if they weren't even in Belgium? That's crazy. I'm not sure about this whole WTFFunFact.com as a source. I just want to caution the listening public. If you're listening from Pakistan, it's probably blocked. Let's just, you know, take this opportunity to, to talk about some other foods here that are not uh, naturally occurring or uh, they weren't. It's not like you just woke up in ancient Samaria one day and you could find these. Things like corn. So I was doing research on corn, and I'm I'm someone who's well versed in uh, corn and sweet corn and field corn and hybridization. And there's all sorts of interesting patterns when you're trying to create, uh, you know, hybrid sweet corn that tastes extra good. Where you do basically, you need some of the you need the plants to be pollinated, but you can't have too much pollination going on. So you'll do like one plant, one row of plants where. You're going to release the pollen from those those tassels and then like four rows that you won't. This is all good stuff. I learned under the tutelage, T-U-T-E-L-A-G-E of uh, Hughes, Don Hughes in Hughes Hybrids in Woodstock, Illinois. Speaking of Woodstock, ultra quick aside, Flash Beagle, I think is the name of like an actual Charlie Brown there's it's, there's some like Charlie Brown television special. It's like a musical. It, it's basically like musical vignettes. And Flash Beagle, I think, is the opening song. Uh, go listen to it. It's going to change your life. Okay, I've listened to Flash Beagle for the first time like a week ago, and since then, it's probably I've probably listened to it fifteen times in five days. I'm not kidding. It's that much of a banger. It's one of those songs where it's like from a cartoon. It's like this should not be that good, and then it is like Larry Boy theme. I listen to that like once every other week because it's such a banger. Like legit a great song. Good mixing. 
talent, excellent. Um, but but corn used to be this one inch maize, M A I Z E, not a maize like you see on the back of your cereal box of cinnamon toast crunch jumbo toaster strudel puffers to tie this all back to the start of the show. Uh, but maize, the the OG corn, M A I Z E, and where else? But in Mexico. So it used to be like this one inch. I saw a picture that basically showed like the OG corn or OG maize versus like what we think of as an ear of corn today. And this thing is like one inch. It was green. It's like this tiny little finger almost. And it looked, it was built up of kernels, right? So it looks like the thing from Fantastic Four. Um, but there were like four of them, right? Cause this thing is only an inch long. It's not like you have these tiny little kernels. They know the kernels were the same size. There were like four of them. So somehow over time, the, uh, the Mayans and the Aztecs figured out, Hey, we can, we can grow this puppy from one inch or, you know, whoever came over and, and took care of it. I don't know from one inch up to, you know, whatever a nice ear of corn is now, which is probably what closer to like about a foot. Like, if you got a nice ear of corn, it's about a foot long. Uh, so there you go, corn, relatively new. And this is a classic one, but the orange is a combination. It's a hybrid cross-breeding project uh, between a pomelo and a mandarin. So I think we know what, like, a mandarin orange is, right? Like, we call those those little tiny oranges mandarins all the time. A pomelo is one of those fruits that, like, I got got outshone big time by the orange. Orange even got its own color, which is pretty cool. Was 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 the color did the color orange exist in nature before they created the orange? Let's this is a side track off of Pomelo, but this is actually interesting stuff. Which came first? Orange. I'm not even going to type anything else, just orange. They'll know it. I'll know what it is. The fruit came first. The English word orange has made quite a journey to get here. The fruit originally came from China. The German word and the Dutch uh, both mean Chinese apple. Um, okay, don't have time to get into all this. But basically, yes, the, the fruit, that's pretty cool. If you would ask me, like, which came first in nature, I don't know what I would have told you before I looked that up. But the fact that the the fruit came first and then it got its own color, it makes you think like, have we explored all of the colors out there in nature that exist, or could we do more crossbreeding and come up with cool new colors? I suppose at this point with you know Crayola's stranglehold on all of this stuff, they got every color in the book now. It's like there probably aren't any uh, aren't any sp- colors on the spectrum left that we haven't uh, envisioned. But who knows? You know, colors are those wild things, and this would be way better if I was like really high to talk about this, or if you're really high to listen to it. But imagine there's just like this wild other color, like this shade, however you want to describe it, that's like you've never seen before, but it actually exists. Wouldn't that be cool? I mean, you see like videos every once in a while on Twitter or Reddit of like the colorblind person who gets the the special glasses for the first time and they get to see like, Oh, this is crazy. Like what color is this? Is this red? Like, wow. I always thought that this was blue or something like that. But for those of us who, who, who have typically or been able to see all the colors or at least the colors we think exist up to now, 
if you could come out with like this cool other color that was maybe a mix of like purple and yellow, that would be kind of cool. Or if there was this mystery third party color that wasn't even like a combination of two other ones. It was just like, where does this fall on the spectrum? I never knew that this type of image or shade could exist. We're getting into it now. But oranges, not natural. We had to create them. A couple other ones here, watermelons. They used to be yellow and bitter. The whole like, oh, there's like this nice red thing in there that we can bite into and go nuts. Not natural. And if you didn't, if, you know, we never created watermelons, you'd never be able to have the guys selling watermelons in their carts in the alleys of Chicago and little Hubert Hancock. I don't think his name is actually Hubert, right? That doesn't really make any sense. You wouldn't call someone Herbie if their name was Hubert. What do you think Herbie's actual first name is? Herbert. That makes a lot more sense. That was uh, uh, pretty stupid. Uh, Herbert Hancock. Hubert H. Humphrey. Uh, Herbie Hancock wrote a Watermelon Man when he was living on uh, the south side of Chicago in Hyde Park, I think. Uh, and he would hear the watermelon carts drive uh, down the dirt alleys. And the uh, guys selling watermelons would, would sing out a little tune and um, their wheels would make a certain kind of rhythmic sound. And that's what Herbie used to write the uh, bass, uh, more or less, for uh, Watermelon Man. And it's one of the greatest jazz tunes of all time. Finally, pumpkins. Apparently they used to be like a Mexican baseball and they were, according to my notes, they were, they were inedible, W-E apostrophe re inedible uh but that doesn't make any sense they were inedible and th that was from uh that was not from wtffunfact.com i don't even remember where we got that from but uh pumpkins i bought a pumpkin this week at trader joe's to be festive last year around this time i painted a pumpkin it was a viking themed pumpkin it said skull on one side s-k-o-l and then had a football on the other side and it brought us some really good luck you know the crazy thing is? Last thing I'm going to say, then we're wrapping this up. Vikings are 1-4 now through five games, like ultra-disappointing season. They lost four games all of last year in the regular season. 18, 18 weeks, they lost four games. Vikings five weeks this year, lost four games. So it's uh, pretty... Uh, Pretty terrifying how fast this stuff can change. Uh, if you have any foods, fruits, vegetables, jello shots, whatever it might be that you don't think was around originally in the, the Fertile Crescent or the Canadian Shield, which is uh, not a, a not a, a show starring Michael Chiklis's daughter, but rather sort of a geographic formation, go ahead and email us, beantownpodcast at yahoo.com. It's beantown. B-E-A-N-T and podcast at, at yahoo.com. Thank you for accepting my apology. And even if you didn't, thank you for uh, hearing it. Uh, I can assure you next week will be episode number 300 on the Beantown podcast. Could be Gerard Butler. Could be uh, uh, those other guys from um, Troy, Brad Pitt, Orlando Bloom, Katy Perry, halftime number. None of this is confirmed. And it's probably less than... 0.0001% likely, but when it comes to the Beantown Podcast and the stars aligning, you never really know what's going to happen. 
got some serious golden retrievers coming back from a walk, going into the apartment across from us. Uh, no dogs allowed in our units, but don't tell it to these guys because they're just being dogs and they're walking into their building. So I don't know what to make of that, man. It's all just smoke and mirrors, this policy, I guess. Is what it is. Uh, my name is Quinn David Furness. Uh, thank you for listening to my show. We'll check in on you next week. Uh, enjoy those spooky celebrations. Happy Friday the 13th. Let's cue up some outro music. I will talk to you later. Bye, guys. <laughs>